It's not who we are inside, but our actions that define us. Nope. It's not, it's not who we are inside. It's our actions that define the greatest movie of all time. Today on the show, Batman Begins. Welcome, everyone, to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the show in which I, your co-host, Captain Charisma, Rick Barrasso. And I, your co-host, the Big Batman Boski. Big Bat Boski. Big Bat Boski. We're going to watch every single movie ever made, and we're going to help figure out which is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Derek? Man, I am just ready to save Gotham, Rick. You ready to Batman begin this podcast? I am. So as we said, we are donning the cape and cowl today with Batman Begins, but let's take care of some business first. Last week, we had an episode on heat, and it was a great episode, as usual. Check that one out, or any of our library for that matter. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on whatever app you use for podcasts. Subscribe, review if you can, it'd be extremely helpful for the show, we'd really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed anything else, or you want us, or if there's anything else you want us to cover, let us know on social media. We're the greatest movie of all time podcast on Facebook. We are at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. We're at Rick and Rec on Instagram. And you can always email us at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And as our old friend, Bruce Wayne, who is in this movie, I don't know if you knew this. Oh, shit. He's in this movie. Crazy. Uh, as he would say, tell your friends about us. But now let's find out just why it is we fall down, Mr. Wayne. Uh, <laughs> Batman Begins a 2005. Welcome to Superhero Month, by the way. It's our first foray uh, into a superhero-themed month. So, of course, we're beginning with Batman Begins, which is a 2005 superhero movie directed by Christopher Nolan. It stars Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne, Michael Caine as Alfred, friend of the show, Michael Caine as Alfred, uh, Katie Holmes as Rachel Dawes, Gary Oldman as Jim Gordon, Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox, Cillian Murphy, or Killian Murphy, excuse me, as Scarecrow, and Liam Neeson as Raz al Ghul. It made $373.3 million on a $150 million budget. It's got an 8.3 on IMDb, an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 70% on Metacritic. Uh, Ebert loved it. Four out of four. Batman Begins at last penetrates to the dark and troubled depths of the Batman legend. Peter Travers says, Nolan's too good for bat business as usual. His secret for making Batman fly is as basic as black. Keep it real. For negative one, Jeff Peveray, I believe, from the Toronto Star says, apart from the lumbering pacing and embalmed tone, the movie is densely forested with oaken dialogue, wasteful in its casting, and incoherently over-edited in its action sequences. I did see one review on Rotten Tomatoes that I, I didn't like there's no link to the full review, but the the pull quote was just "Batman Begins" is for morons. Okay, <laughs> and I was like, "What a crazy take!" And there was no full review, so I don't I don't know what the hell uh, what the hell that guy was talking about. But that, that's just all it said. The reviews "Batman Begins" is for morons. I'm like, okay, I guess. All right, all right, all right. So, Derek, do you remember when you first saw this one? Yes, sir. I did see it at the movies when it came out, and I was. I, I, I think I saw it three times. I brought some friends to go see it. And then I saw, I think I brought some family to go see it. Uh, I was just blown away by it. I think I brought my, yeah, I brought my cousins to see it and stuff. Like I just thought it was just really well-made. It just, it just became 
a little bit more serious and the kind of more grittiness yeah. I was looking for from Batman. So I really like this one. So I can tell you exactly the day that I first saw it. Precisely the day. I can tell you the moment that I decided to go see it. Because I was hanging out with a couple of friends. We, were, we had plans to do something with another friend. Uh, that fourth friend ditched us. And we decided to make an impromptu trip to the movies to see Batman as it just come out. Derek, do you know who the friend was that ditched us? Probably me. It was you. It was Rec Smith who did not go to make to a, a Listen, point we the, had word, to, the, the word ditch is a little harsh. I'm sure uh, uh, I'm we sure had plans I had, like, to something. film something for a sitcom oh. that we were working on. And the wild sips. Yep. Finally, and, uh, finally makes finally makes it to the we podcast. Were, we were sitting in the parking lot of a local elementary school where we were going to meet you and film. And then the last minute we get a call. Hey, I can't make it. Uh, so we decided to go see Batman Begins. Well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So let's, uh, let's talk if about. I, if, what... I inv- if I invite you to go see the Batman with me and you, and you ditch me, we're, we're breathing. Were <laughs> I would never. Uh, <laughs> okay. So let's, uh, let's talk about what actually happens in this movie. Um, do you have a song or are you just going to time me out here? I'll just, I'll time you out for this one. Okay. Count me down. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. In order to save a broken Gotham after the death of his parents, Bruce Wayne trains all of the world to become the best he can possibly be. After a lesson from Ra's al Ghul, later learned to be a terrorist, who teaches him the art of theatricality, Bruce adopts the persona of Batman. The Gotham mob is quickly dealt with, but Ra's has been using his League of Shadows to infiltrate Gotham to destroy it. Batman, along with his allies, eventually stop Ra's to save the city. Batman is then warned he, would, he will have equally theatrical and dangerous enemies in the future. 30 seconds on the dot. All right. Good job. So let's, as we do each week, talk about our favorite parts about this movie, what we really like about this movie. And there's a lot to like here as we count down our three favorite scenes. Derek, what is your number three favorite scenes? Hate to be a broken record, but this one was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I guess as of right now, I guess my number three would be the final showdown between Roz and Batman. Um, the train sequence was really spectacular. It was just so intense. And the editing is, is quite good too. Is it's just the fact that like you have this like gritty fighting on the train. They're talking at each other, and like you know, I, I love I love stories that do this where you're like, there's somebody from the beginning who ends up being the villain in the end. I like that. It's a good concept, and it keeps working in movies. Um, it kind of reminds me of like Goldeneye, for instance, where like 006 comes back and he's the bad guy. It just works in stories, especially when you're kind of close to that person as the hero. So I like that dynamic. And you go back and you keep seeing Gordon trying to like use the Batmobile tank properly and uh, trying to shoot down the things and stuff. But it's getting, it's, a, it's super intense. The music's phenomenal, very intense right. music. Um, the whole sequence just works. And then like when Batman's like, I don't have to save you. Uh, and it just kind of flies out of the train and Liam Neeson closes his eyes, boom, it goes down. That whole sequence of the train going down is just so cool to watch. And then the, uh, that big microwave transmitter thing blows up and, and then I uh, just attack on this moment is when Batman kind of flies over uh, Gordon and Gordon kind of puts his hand up and stuff. It's just a really cool moment of like the teamwork between the two of them. So that's my third favorite. Yeah. Uh, great, uh, great scene. Didn't, uh, didn't quite make my list, but it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. Great. There's a it's lot tough. of good scenes in this movie. So my number three scene is not necessarily for the scene itself, but what it did 
to the audience. And that's the very last scene of the movie in which Gordon displays the Joker card. Because I remember, I will remember for probably the rest of my life, the reaction to when he flips that over, the audience in the theaters went, (gasps) like just an audible, like, holy shit, what is this going to be? And it just began this incredible build to what the Dark Knight would eventually be. And I think it probably, I mean, we're going to talk, you know, next week is Iron Man, which has a post-credit scene. I feel like this kind of started that trend. That last little kind of preview in superhero movies that like kicks off what the sequel is going to be. And I feel like if this came out a few years later, it would be at the end of the credits instead of at the, uh, you know, at the end of the actual movie. Um, But I just, I will always remember just like the holy shit, like, and then immediately be like, well, who's the Joker? Like, who can be, what can the Joker be in this, uh, in this world? Right. And and there were a lot of rumors as to like, who was going to be the Joker and everything. I remember the first name I heard at the time was Sean Penn. Um, I don't know how, uh, how uh, if those rumors were correct, but um, there's a lot of actors that could, that could fill those shoes and do a good job, but it just depends. Like, what are you looking for? And when, when Heath Ledger was announced, I think we were every, uh, most people, except for me, I will say this is the one shining moment in my, in my life where I was like telling everybody, I'm like, you can't even say it's going to be bad. Uh, clearly he had a good audition, so it's right. probably going to be good. And then everyone was like, no. And I was like, come on, give me a chance. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I mean, we'll, Listen, folks, we're doing Batman Begins this week. Uh, we did Heat yes. last week. I'll give you a few guesses what we're going to be doing next month during sequel month for one week. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I think when we get to that episode, we'll have a lot more to say about, about that. Um, so what is your number two? My number two is all of the Scarecrow scenes. Um, I, and it's weird. It's very strange because the character Scarecrow doesn't really even enter the movie until about halfway. And you know, especially with, with kind of like Batman defeating Ra's al Ghul, quote unquote, and the League of Shadows, and that's all done. There's really no villain besides like Falcone, who you're like, he's not the bad guy in this right. movie. He might just be a guy on the side. And then Crane's kind of a weird dude. But when he finally gets that mask on and uses that hallucinogen, you're like, okay, he's the bad guy. <laughs> well, at least one of them. And I thought um, his moments were really, really cool. I love the fact that all three of these movies deal with a different theme. Of course, the first movie is fear. Second one is chaos. And the third one is pain. Um, and the, the, the fear factor in this movie with every time Scarecrow puts the mask on, it's just creepy as shit. And that one scene that I love is when he actually fights Batman and he's just like, oh, sit down, have a drink. And then he's like, you need to lighten up. And he lights him on fire. I was like, that's so badass. And there's a moment in that scene where like Batman's looking at Scarecrow and this is like a bat coming out of his mouth. And I was like, that is some great imagery. Um, and it's not just a straightforward crime movie uh, or an or a action movie. It's like a psychological thing for, for some characters. And then the whole town of Gotham, of course. Um, it's just, I, I loved his character. I think Killian Murphy just absolutely just destroyed this, this role. Yeah, I have, the, I have one scarecrow scene for my number two. And that is uh, the, the scene in the asylum where Batman and Gordon rescue Rachel. Yeah. Uh, you have like the crazy, like you see Batman on the, like the fear toxin as like a fucking bat demon creature. Uh, Hold on a second. What's that? 
So, sorry, one second. I'm trying to get in my house. Hold on a sec. Sorry, my neighbors moved out and uh, there's people in the other place looking at it. And I just kept like trying to unlock my other door and it was really awkward. <sighs> okay, I'm fine now. So yeah, you see, you see this like bat demon creature that that crane is seeing, which is unbelievable. You have like the super like bizarre. So this, I mean, it's pulled right out of the Batman Year One comic, but like in live action, seeing Batman just call all these bats to to distract every like all the cops and everybody who's trying to to pin them down. Uh, then that leads right into the tumbler chase, which is awesome. But I'm not like a usually car chases. I'm just kind of like. All right, like get it over with, you know. But the, the tumbler is just so cool. Oh uh, my god, it's so amazing! I, yeah. When I first saw it, I was like, "Wait a minute, a tank thingy!" Like, no, it totally worked. Right. Um, so, what's your uh, what's your number one? My number one is actually, and it kind of ties into the scarecrow scenes, all the hallucinating scenes in the movie. Um, what what a cool concept, uh, especially for a Batman movie. You know, there's there's definitely great villains in, in all Batman movies, and there's cool concepts, but this one was like when you know and the movie is based on fear and when gotham just kind of goes crazy and that just like hits the air and everybody sees like crazy stuff happening it's the coolest sequence scarecrow's riding up on the horse and it just blows fire because that's what the kid sees um and you know batman flying through the sky Wait, the, and the kid? yeah that, well do you mean joffrey. do you mean king joffrey <laughs> King Joffrey, yes. King Joffrey, um, when King Joffrey sees it, um, and you know, when Batman's flying through the sky, it looks like a demon, it's like everyone's going crazy, and they all, they all tackle him, try to beat him up, and then uh, the, the other scene in the movie, like the other hallucinating scene, is when Crane gets the smoke, and he just sees Batman as this like demon thing, yeah. it was just amazing stuff, I was like, what a great, like, uh, I don't know, just a great added, like, um, it's, it's like having a, a, a some ice cream, and you're, you're digging through the cabinets, and you find like Hershey syrup, and, and rainbow sprinkles and you're like now it's a sunday that's where those hallucinating scenes <laughs> oh, it's a that sunday. <laughs> that's your, sunday. i've decided that's your catchphrase from now on going forward <laughs> when something comes together you're like now it's a sunday now right? it's a sunday <laughs> okay yep. it's like that it's like that, it's, it's like that, that that meter on the on the left it's like how good is these scenes when you hear me say now it's a sunday you know terrible it's bad okay good great now it's a sunday <laughs> <laughs> now it's a sunday <laughs> Oh, so good. Um, right. Yeah. So, uh, so my number one scene is actually the first appearance of Batman in the suit and the scene leading up to it, where he just lays waste to Falcone's gang. Yeah. Um, just it, it was exactly what I wanted to see from Batman in a bat, like a live action setting, because. Just Batman beating up thugs. Well, not even that, but just like terrifying. Like you kind of see it a little bit in the very beginning of the first Keaton Batman, a little bit. But just to be like, to see him operate that just completely, and like you said, this the theme of this, you know, the through line of this is, is fear. Yep. And just putting the fear of God into these, these crooks which is exactly you know what the character of Batman is built on. And then you get the, you know, the super iconic, like, you know, who are you? I'm Batman, which had to be in there. Um, 
I also love when he, and I say this all the time. I always go, where are you? Here. I love that. Yeah. Like I screams it. Yeah. It's such a good like line. And you see like, yep. you see Bale like in his fucking glory as Batman in the suit. And it's before he has that fucking stupid voice, but we'll get to that. In say, if, it, if it wasn't for, yeah, if it wasn't for the voice as much, you know, I think he would have been like a perfect Batman. And I think the voice in this is perfect. Yeah, the, 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 well, except when he he gets Flask up from like and he's like, "Where are they hiding, Doctor Rocks?" See that that to me makes sense because he's trying to intimidate intimidate somebody, right, right, right. But like, right. they're in the later movies when he's having just like a regular conversation. He's doing it in a voice, and I'm waxing like, philosophical about Arvita. But again, that's for another like episode. He's, he's talking to the Joker, and he's like, "There's people here who believe in good." Yeah, <laughs> the Joker okay. cannot win. Um, yeah again yeah. for a different episode but in this you know he he whispered like imagine him using the voice and he's like talking to rachel in the suit you know yeah. imagine if he's just like jim gordon's a great cop like it doesn't it doesn't work um yeah. but yeah i think i think the voice in this is perfect i wish you would have stuck with it uh but yeah just to, it was it's just a, a great scene you know it's it's a it's a such a fun way to introduce you know it's 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 a batman movie but batman isn't in it for so long right you know right. um so let's go to our least favorite part what do you have for your oh man i don't really know man you might have some things that i don't but i guess the only thing that i guess i could kind of talk about but i don't hate it because it's the Christopher Nolan way, but it's just the way he like shoots and edits fight sequences. They're kind of confusing. Yeah. Like you don't know who's hitting who sometimes. And again, you know, that's just his style and it's gritty and it's, it's kind of cool, but like sometimes it can be distracting. I will tell you, there's the one moment that I always forget the choreography from. And that's when he's like talking to Roz. He's like, Oh, I can't be two of your pawns. And he's, and he's like, Oh, another two come down. That fight sequence is a complete, that's a complete blur. I have no yeah. idea what's happening in that moment. <laughs> right. Um, so that's kind of so, my least favorite thing, I guess. So uh, my my issue with the movie. Okay. So first of all, and this is very minor, but they're pronouncing Ra's al Ghul's name wrong. It's Rachel Ghul. But oh, okay. he's, he's, he's Ra's in this. Okay. Uh, secondly, his initial plan to disrupt... Gotham by making it poor makes no sense. Well, like, isn't it sort of like well, because because and that's the thing. Like, if he makes them poor, there's going to be more crime or the same amount of crime as before because the poor. I mean, yeah. poverty equals crime. It's just the thing, right? But like at the same time, though, isn't isn't his plan to like kind of balance things out? Yeah, and and he like I, I get like, at the end of it, he yeah. wants to like wipe it, like wipe the people out right yeah um or at least wipe the city off the map you know just making it poor is not gonna do that whatsoever right and it's like and he's like when he's talking to bruce and and it's just i think a way to make it more personal between between bruce and Roz. but it like you don't need it i feel like it's like we needed a new plan economics it's like what like we used a theory to destroy a city and wipe it off the face of America. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. We have fucking tons of poor cities and it, like, it, they're still there. Um, right. But yeah, Ra- Ra's in this is kind of like what 
yeah, it's it's very much like he sees evidence of the city improving as well and said, well, we got to destroy it immediately. Right, right. He underestimates Gotham's yeah. uh, people, including Bruce's parents. And but we're still gonna we're still gonna go ahead with our plan. Yeah, it's like oh, they got they get it has to go because they're like there's no room for improvement. Oh, they're starting to improve. Oh, we but gotta that, like that, we gotta bring this plan to yeah. life. And I guess that's why I'm kind of confused because he had mentioned that the League of Shadows has been around for thousands of years, and like he like he destroyed Rome from within. But like, why Rome was like the pinnacle at the peak of their success and he destroyed them. No, not when Rome was sacked. When Rome was sacked, it was very much like on its last, like it it had degraded. He went in in there when they were sacked. He didn't go in there when they were prosperous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because by that point, like Rome was not what it was. It was just kind of like a big stinky, you know, early, you know, you know a city of like of, right. of antiquity um yeah yeah and i also i don't love that bruce lets him die it's 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 such a weird but non-batman I don't know, thing though, but he, he doesn't like he doesn't save him is what he said so like right. I, I think it's okay i think, it's I, think okay. I think you'd i would have rather had bruce try to save him and then he dies anyway because batman that's to me that's the same as killing and that you know it, it's weird having Batman kill in a movie to me. But he doesn't kill. He didn't kill anybody. He just he, didn't he, save him. Letting somebody die is the same as fucking killing them. And like when you have the chance to kill, like it's again, it's like this weird, like semantics conversation where it's like Batman, my version of Batman, comic book Batman, probably like wouldn't do that. Like, or at least if he did, he, there'd be like a big fucking conversation with Superman or whatever. It's like, you have to do everything you can. Um, right. Yeah. It's, and it doesn't really come up. Like he doesn't let, like think of the end of the dark night. He fucking saves the Joker. He like, well, you could also say that like this, this is Batman begins. He's just getting going with his ideals. Maybe. Yeah. But the ideals are there when he the doesn't past. kill the, when he doesn't kill the, the thief. For Ron. right, right. No, I, I, I get you. I get, I get your point. It doesn't make he sense. Could've, he could have, he, he could have saved him and just brought him in and had him arrested. Right. But. If, if, if it was, if it was consistent, he would have been like, "Listen, guys, I'm not going to kill him actively, but like, if you want to kill him, go right ahead." But instead, he just fucking burns Raz's house down because they're going to kill somebody. It doesn't make sense. It, it, well, that's it's, what G, it literally. We, we, I watched it again earlier, and, and Gia, as soon as that happened, Gia's like, "Wait a minute, he wouldn't kill that guy. He's gonna burn his house down and kill everybody else." Yeah, and I'm like, I guess it's just like maybe the rule is like Batman won't indir- he won't directly kill somebody. It is what the movie's trying to say, but I, I get the comics are different, you know. But but excuse me, but he like easily if that was his if that was his his modus operandi he would just be like hey listen i'm not going to directly kill anybody you guys do what you want to him but that's like not how i do things and then he would have walked away um but he was like this man needs to be tried for his crimes and that's the lesson he's learned going and like being poor and stealing yeah whereas like Roz, he's like you're just gonna die now Sorry. Fuck you, right. buddy. <laughs> it's like, I, re- I really liked my house. Fuck you. Um, right. But yeah, that's just, I mean, 
a lot of my complaints hinge on Ross, I guess. But uh, but I do. Yeah. I mean, I do like the performance. That's a, he's my character. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to medals. Who do you have for bronze? I had a tie, and I'm all. Oh God, I'm really upset that I'm leaving one specific actor off the top three because I think he's fucking brilliant. And the one who didn't make my list, and sh- I think ugh, I'm mad about it, is like, um, Gary Oldman. I, I really wanted to add to my top three. There's just a lot of good performances in this, and they do a lot of characterization, right, in my opinion. But my bronze is a tie between Killian Murphy and Liam Neeson. I think the both of them just really brought it in this movie. They were perfect for the roles. Um, Killian Murphy, I, I think back in 05, I'd only seen him in like one movie, and it was like 28 days later. I think at that point was the only thing I'd seen him in. Right. So he, Killian Murphy, is just something about him. He has a striking face, striking eyes. He's one of those actors that reminds me of like Tilda Swinton, where like you can't look away at their face because it's so interesting. And that makes him menacing to begin with. Um, and I thought he is, his portrayal as Crane and Scarecrow was just spot on. And Liam Neeson, I think he's usually, he's, he's a great actor, Liam Neeson. But I think there's some roles he just shines in a little bit more. I think this is one of them. I loved him as Ducart. Like I love the beginning and like all the, the you know, he's kind of like, you know, Bruce Wayne's like mentor and stuff. And he just ends up becoming like, he just plays games and he ends up being like Ra's al Ghul and like just so cool. And he, th- th- there's no flaws in his performance. And I think that the, both of them just, just did a killer job is this might be the movie. I mean, besides the dark Knight, which is tough to compare it to, but this might be my favorite like duo of villains I've seen in a Batman movie, like that I've seen so far. So. In my bronze. I think that probably uh, probably changes when you see the Batman, but uh, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. So my bronze is the guy who left out, Gary Oldman. Um, I think yeah. he comes in and the character of Gordon up until this point had been betrayed in live action media as a buffoon. Yep. And, and that's it. And they were like, you have to take this character and make him a real person and make him legitimate and make it serious in in kind of a you know inherently goofy situation you're talking to a guy in, in, in a bad costume you know yep. as much as they try to make it as serious as possible it is just kind of impossible to make it 100 serious but when you go out and get an actor the caliber of gary oldman uh it works and i'm realizing that i for some reason left gordon off my recasting right now so i'm gonna have to think of one uh, as to okay. who can who can uh, who can uh, stand up to that, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's just a, a great portrayal of a, of a character that was underserved before this. Right. Yeah, he's he, you know, and and I think Gordon is one of those characters you could literally just put somebody in there and make it boring. He just Gary Oldman is he every role he takes, it's colorful and it's exciting. He made Gordon one of the best characters in the movie, and that's not an easy feat to make and we all know batman villains are the most colorful they're the ones you watch it for then there's batman you're hoping there's a good batman but then to see a good gordon that is a tough job to stand out in a movie like this and gary oldman does it somehow he does it (laughs) amazing yeah uh, absolutely um so who do you have for silver silver goes to the man himself christian bale um i think he is as of right now he is my favorite batman um, I think uh, I love his Bruce Wayne. I love his Batman. I, I think that Bale is a uh, one of the top notch actors of our time. Um, and, and I've seen him in a much more colorful roles, but he looks good in the suit. He 
He feels right in the suit. Um, everything about his performance in this is just great. And again, I'm coming from a place where, and my family, you know, I always used to tell my family and friends, like, oh, well, you know, for me, who's someone who didn't read the comics, I watch for the villains because they're so nutty. The villains always outweigh. And, and, and again, in The Dark Knight, that's a whole different dynamic because you get the Joker. But in this movie, I think that Christian Bale's Batman stands up with the villains as far as like interesting and the things he does. And uh, I could go on for, for a while, but Bale's my silver. Yeah, uh, he is my silver as well. And in a way, he was like the perfect guy at the time to to take up the role. You know, I was, you know, I have in, you know, as, as I do sometimes in miscellaneous, I have, you know, the list of people who, um, who tested for the role, who auditioned. And it's yep. like, it's, it's bail 100% of the time. Like he's the, he's the perfect yep. guy to do it. Um, and yeah, he's, I mean, other than the fact that they're like, it, it, the the young Christian Bale hairstyle is kind of hilarious, but other than that, yeah, uh, you know, oh, like out of, out of out of Princeton, yeah, like he's he's fresh yeah. out of he's like home from college, and it's like he has bangs or whatever. Like he just look has an emo haircut, kind of right, um, right, right. But yeah, other than that, uh, just just perfect in the role. And again, he hadn't gotten this weird voice thing going. Uh, yeah, not, not quite so, yet. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's finding the perfect balance, I think, of of Bruce Wayne and Batman. Uh, so of course your gold is Al Pacino. I'm assuming. Pacino as Falcone. I mean, you can't get any better than that. <laughs> that is power. No, fair. You, what can't you don't understand. Bye. <laughs> Scarecrow. Scarecrow. <laughs> Help, Doc. I'm going crazy. Who <laughs> the walls are closing in, Doc? <laughs> Scarecrow just walks out. He's like, I don't even need to gas him. He's fucking crazy. <laughs> I heard your dad beg like a dog. <laughs> You'd have to go a thousand miles before someone didn't know your name. <laughs> the best part was didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, no, Nolan for me, Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan. Um, he he does it right. He does he does everything right for me. Uh, made me love Batman again. Not that I didn't love it before, because the '90s Batman movies were hilariously fun. Uh, some of them are bad, but you know they're fun. But he he like I said, he brought that grittiness to the movie that I really wanted, and it's um, not as maybe detective like as some comic fans would have liked, maybe, but. I think the grittiness, uh, the seriousness, the right balance of humor in the movie, you know, um, I think he just he just played all the right notes in this movie. So he's my gold. Yeah, I mean, that's the great thing about Batman. I mean, Nolan is my character as well. And that's the great thing about Batman as a character is that there's a thousand different ways to, you know, a thousand different takes that you can have. And everyone is legitimate. And this one is, you know, kind of more of an action movie, kind of more of like a crime movie. Whereas when you get to the Batman, it's more of like a you know, noir movie, a detective movie. Uh, and, you know, the the Burton movies are more like gothic dramas, and uh, I, I guess. So there's a lot of ways you can do it. And this one being so straightforward is exactly what the character needed at that point. And Nolan was the guy to do it. Um, 
And it's, it's obvious also, you know, a huge step up for him as far as notoriety, because while Memento is a very well-known movie now and very well thought of, it was not a huge, huge hit in the way that this was, mm. you know, and, and the fact that he kind of leveled up in his career. And obviously he's been just like kind of, I don't know, I want to say riding off of it, but like, this is the, this is, this is the movie that sort of built his reputation i feel like as a blockbuster director right all right so that's who we like let's go to recasting so i have now i do have gordon i've got lucius fox i've got crane i've got alfred i've got rachel i've got Roz, and i've got bruce so the only one that i don't have of yours is fox but i have falcone instead Okay, so I've got Fox, and I went with a guy who was in Heat last week, and that is Dennis Haysbert. Uh Remind me who he played. That he's the um, he's the chef who gets who gets killed very quickly, and he's the uh, the guy who's in the the insurance commercials. Oh, the show. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Okay, yep, got it. Like it. Yeah, I get that. He, he has that great voice about yep. him. I can I. Honestly, people are always like, oh, who would you rather have uh, narrate your uh, thing besides Morgan Freeman? And I'm like, the fucking Allstate guy. Yeah, but I, I could see yeah. I could see him going. I could definitely see him. You know, didn't you get the memo? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just, just laying I, I into want, it. I, I want that guy to walk around behind me and just narrate. Like, he just reminds me of things. He's like, Derek, did you take your pills today? I'm like, thank you, Allstate guy. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to uh, voice yeah, of my GPS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Upcoming right Re- in 500 feet. Rerouting. <laughs> um, yeah, good choice. I like that. All right. So who do you have for Falcone? Falcone. I actually went with Ray Liotta. All right. Uh, Ray Liotta, especially in um, a recent movie that I didn't like, um, The Many Saints of Newark, which is the prequel to The Sopranos. Ray Liotta plays uh, like basically the mob boss in that, and he's uh, he's good at playing a mob boss. He's good. He's kind of crazy now with how he perform with how you know his portrayal of certain things. And I think he would. I can make. I can picture him sitting there being like Bruce Wayne, like you know that kind of thing, and just kind of like you yeah. know playing that typical Italian guy. And now that he's older, he kind of looks like Tom Wilkinson with the gray hair and stuff. So like, I think it would work. Uh, here, before we go forward, I just want to kind of set the ground rules that I had. Uh, yeah that made this very difficult. I wanted somebody who has like not been involved with Batman movies or really like DC movies, um, which, which is tough because it's a thousand of them. And realistically, like the Batman, like the characters this movie has in common with the Batman, they like, it'd be tough to improve upon that casting. You know, I, um, I did the same thing. I really stayed away from anybody who's ever been in a DC movie. I will say some of my people were definitely in Marvel movies. But, yeah, I've, um, I've, yeah, I've one. I, I did the same rule. I think one person who's been in a Marvel movie. You know what? Okay. I lied. One person of mine was in a DC movie, but was only a voice. So we'll get to that. Uh, okay. I'm just realizing that as I, as I picked it. But let's go. Where do you want to go next? Let's go. Uh, let's go. Let's go, Alfred. Let's go, Alfred. Okay. All right, my Alfred is Martin Freeman. Um, I feel like all the Alfreds have been taken, <laughs> all the good ones. So I was trying to think, and actually Gia gave me that one. She said, what yeah. about Martin Freeman? And I pictured it and I liked it. Um, you know, there's a couple characters in these movies that need to have that warmth 
And I think uh, Alfred for one, and then Gordon for another one, he just have a little bit of warmthness to them. And I felt that Martin Freeman had that, especially just his portrayal with Bilbo and the way he can articulate and be kind of like less and soft and all that stuff. And I kind of yeah. liked him for this. So, so I went. This is the this is my one that has been a voice in a DC movie. He was the voice of the villain, the giant CGI monster in the Justice League movie, and that's Syrian Hines. And You've probably seen him in a bunch of stuff. He was just nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I always thought his name was Kieran. I believe it's Syrian. It is Syrian? I believe so. And that's, I think, why I called him Cillian Murphy earlier. Um, <laughs> I mean, but, he's been a ton of things. Game of Thrones, Harry Potter. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know him. You know, he's uh, Abel Forth, Dumbledore, and Harry Potter. He's Or Aberforth. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, in, in Game of Thrones, he is the King Beyond the Wall. Yeah, uh, Raider. yeah he's he was... But I see him, he's he's not British, but he's Irish. So you could, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like Alfred can be Irish. He'll be fine. He's Northern Irish. A, a lot of this movie is just English actors. <laughs> yes. I was, I was thinking that. It's like, wow, a lot of, a lot of put on American accents in this. Meanwhile, Michael Caine is like, I'm just going to use my own accent. Yeah. And that's what he does best. Yeah. Stop trying to do an with accent, Michael Caine. Stick <laughs> your guns. Do you think of the, when he was leaving, he was like, King Joffrey, we're going to see you <laughs> so many times in an Oscar stage. <laughs> just says that to Eric. Katie Holmes, we're going to see you so many times in the future winning Oscars. The, the, the curse of Michael Caine's speech. <laughs> yeah. he, he tells everybody except the people that actually win it. Right, right. Like, <laughs> uh, all right. So let's he, he, go. He tries to do that with Al Pacino. Al Pacino has a deflective force. <laughs> Not today, Michael. <laughs> Did you know? Your name in your accent sounds like you are saying my cocaine. <laughs> my cocaine. Oh boy. Well, yes, that's that's correct. Oh yeah, well, yes, Al, I'm gonna see you. Let's go do some cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, gives himself the idea to go do cocaine. <laughs> that's how he deflects the curse. Like the, the right. <laughs> He just always offers Michael Caine cocaine. <laughs> Al Pacino's 81. He's like, Al Let's Pacino, go snort some rails, Mike. He's 81. And Michael Caine's like, we're going to see you so many times up here, Al. Like, <laughs> I have like three years left if I'm lucky at acting. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's go to Crane. Who do you have? Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Th- this was my wacky one. This was my okay. wacky one. I had a few names I was thinking of. I thought of uh, Nicholas Holt. I thought of um, Ewan Rion, who plays Ramsey. Mm-hmm. But I went with something that's really out there, and you're probably going to be like, meh. But mm-hmm. he's playing Weird Al soon, and he's taking a lot of crazy roles. So I could, I wanted to see Daniel Radcliffe take this one on and see how he does. Yeah, no, I think that's, um, that's a very good choice. I, here's, okay. here's, here's my problem, though, with that, is that I think, I think Crane has to be a little bit, like, lanky. Where, where uh, Daniel Radcliffe is like notoriously a very short guy. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. That that's I my mean, own one. Nitpick, Killian, but as far Killian as like Murphy's acting not tall skills, by any means. Yeah, yeah, but he's like he's skinny and he's kind of like you know a little lanky. You know that's why he gets the scarecrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I feel like I feel like Radcliffe's go- going to be that actor that starts to do the Christian Bale thing, where he's like, I will lose forty pounds for a role type. Thing. Yeah, I feel like he has that mindset, but who knows? So my. My crane's a little bit different, whereas like 
as you said, um, Killian Murphy has a ton of like, you, you just look at his face and it's like, wow, it's like an interesting face. Like he's, he's kind of weird looking, you know? Yeah. Um, I wanted to go like my crane. I want to be very like aggressively normal looking until mm-hmm. he, until he goes crazy, you know, until he, right. You know, so I went with an actor by the name of Jack Quaid. Jack who, Quaid. He is the lead on um, the, the what's hell superhero show on Amazon? Uh, the Boys. He's the lead on The Boys. Um, he's uh, he was just in Scream, the newest Scream movie. Okay, yeah, he's got and, an yeah, he's got a he's, he's a very he's the, normal face. Yes, yeah, so he's the son. If you look at him, he's the son of. Uh, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, and he looks fifty percent exactly of both of them. It's unbelievable. I'm looking at a picture on IMDb where he's like leaning over and smiling, and he, it looks almost menacing. And you're right; he literally looks like half of each of those people. Yeah, he is fifty percent of both of his parents. The damnedest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like he does not wow, favor that's, either of them. Um, that's crazy. But yeah, I could I could see him. You know, he's played kind of menacing in the past a bit, um, but he yeah, I, I could definitely see him in a role. Yeah. Um, so let's go to Rachel. Who do you have? Um, I went with, uh, it's just an actress who I just have the major, major, majorist crush, crush on majorist isn't the word. Uh, and that's Natalie Dormer. I just want to see her more. And I just want to see her as Rachel. Cause she's just so good looking. And I just like the way she moves and flows and she just gets me excited. So she I just want be, her to be in this movie. Honestly, I, I, I agree with you there. She's, she's a very attractive woman. I would almost just, I'd rather have her as Catwoman in Dark Knight Rises. Oh, uh, that's more, sexy too. more so than Rachel. Um, oh, that's nice. But she has to be like, yeah, I want, I want to see her like in the Catwoman stuff. I'll let our <laughs> listeners sit with that for a little while. Hey, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a red-blooded man. I've never seen you bleed, so I can't confirm that one way or the other. That's also um, true. so my Rachel is an actress who I like a lot, and I feel like they keep trying to find the role. Like they're searching for the role that's going. This person's going to blow up, and that is uh, Alicia Vikander who has been in a ton of stuff, including uh, the the Green Knight last year, which I, on our Oscar episode, or Oscar preview, mine and Chris's Oscar preview, I think she should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actress for that. Um, She's in the new uh, Tomb Raider movie that came out a couple of years ago. Um, Okay. And she's, she's a very beautiful woman but could easily be kind of the girl next door that Rachel is. She gotta, she, yeah. And Rachel has got to be feisty too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. She is. Yeah. Um, but that's, so that's my Rachel. So let's go to Gordon. Who do you have? I, for I think you're either going to absolutely love my choice or absolutely despise it. Okay. And that's fine. Either way, Gia gave me this idea and I just thought it was really cool. I just did. I, I went with Johnny Depp for Gordon. I think he's at the age now where he can mm-hmm. do Gordon. He can do it well. And he can be kind of that quirky lieutenant who's like trying to help Batman and stuff. And not be overly goofy, but I think he can handle it. I really do. I think 
Johnny Depp like 10 years ago is a great choice, but 10 years he, ago, huh? Because I mean, Gary Oldman's at least 50 in this movie. Put it, put glasses on him. Put he's, I think I looked it up. He was like in his 40s. Uh, Gary Oldman, it wasn't the son. Um, okay. but I think, I think Johnny Depp just has a ton of baggage with him right now. And like, certainly, yeah, it, it's funny you said that because Gio was like, this could be his bounce, his, his you know, bounce back role. And I was like, yeah, I mean. Uh, he definitely looks older now for sure. Yeah. And, um, and I think there's, there's but, a real danger that he would like, he, you know, when you think of like his uh, uh, Grindelwald where he's just like, yep. it's got to be like weirder than it has to be with him. Like, he's just like, Oh, he's, totally. He's got to make it 20% too fucking strange. Well, I um, mean, he's a Burton kid. <laughs> yeah. Um. So my Gordon, so I just thought of this Gordon in like 10 seconds when I realized I didn't get a Gordon before, but I think I like this as like the straightforward family man type uh, that, uh, that Gordon is, especially in this one. And that's Andrew Lincoln who played Rick on the walking dead. Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. I think you Another may. British guy. What's that? Another British guy. Another British. Yeah. Bring it, bring it on all the, all the Brits. I I almost like I think of him more as Southern because of The Walking Dead, right? And, right. And, and, even though like he's in Love Actually, and it's like, oh yeah, of course he's fucking Coral, get, Coral, Coral, get in the house, Coral, <laughs> Coral. <laughs> it's uh, really all right. Good. Let's uh, let's go to Raz Al Ghul. Who do you have for Raz Al Ghul? Two words, Rick. Two words. Yep. Sean Bean. Okay. Sean Bean is Raz al Ghul. I, I think I, Sean Bean is a tremendous actor. I think he's I think a great it's, villain. I think it's hilarious, and they don't do it in this series, but to cast him as a character whose main, like in the comics, his main deal is he keeps dying and being brought back to life to like to extend mm. his oh. years <laughs> is hilarious. Right, right. Well, and, and you know, the other reason I thought of it is because um, I did remember reading when we did Lord of the Rings that Liam Neeson was the, one of their first choices for Boromir. Um, so I think that the two of them, Liam Neeson and Sean Bean, they do have a similarity in some weird way um, where they're just they, they do have a tendency to control scenes and they're very power, powerful actors. I think Sean Bean is a great villain and I think he'd, he'd do really well here. So, yeah. So another English guy, <laughs> another English guy. So my guy is European for Raz, but he's not British. Um, this is an actor who we have talked about before. And I think with this, I just picture the, I picture the scenes of him sort of just like emerging and beginning to talk with Bruce. And I just think of this guy's voice and like, he would just command attention. And that is Javier Bardem. Yeah. Oh, great, great, uh, great actor, great villainous actor too. He, he, he has it all. Yeah. I, I see it. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he can be very likable in, in stuff as well. But there's just something weird about his characters all the time. As long as he gets Batman in a chair and rubs his thighs. That's the only <laughs> thing I, I want to see. <laughs> but I can see him just like appearing in the... I'm not going to try to do his accent. But just like coming up with that deep voice with the Spanish accent. Yeah. He can change just a little bit to make it kind of an accent from everywhere. You know? Right. Everywhere right, yeah. and nowhere. Um, and just like immediately like... You can see why this terrorist cell would gravitate towards this guy right okay so 
let's go to Batman. I think in our original Batman episode, we weren't doing recasting yet. So okay, this yeah, is, I'm, I'm dread I'm I'm dreading this one. This was the hardest thing. This is tough, and and I want I want to reiterate that it's like it's almost impossible to recast Batman because they did they just did right like, right Robert Pattinson is like the perfect guy to play it. Uh, you know so you know we, we you, you have to get a little creative I think but who do you have who's your Bruce Wayne man I don't even know if I like this anymore it was very difficult I couldn't think of it me and Gia kept saying Henry Cable but we yeah. can't use him because he's Superman he's, yeah. you know it's, it's tough and I think he's like um, a little too old at this point like yeah. just a little I went with yeah, I went with somebody who is actually up for. He, I think he's right now. He's currently still being like talked about as maybe the new James Bond, and that is Richard Madden. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know if he's tall enough, um, so I'm not really sure. But I, I do. You know, the thing with Batman is that you always have to pick an actor who's decently good looking because you don't want to be staring at a Bruce Wayne all movie who's not really attractive right. to people. <laughs> so I, we were trying to picture like you know who's these great looking guys who could pull off Batman and stuff. And we were thinking Henry Cavill, of course, somebody like on, on his idea, but Richard Madden's a very good looking guy and he might be able to pull it off. Like I said, I think the only problem I have is that he's a little short, so I'm not sure if that'll work, but I also don't know how tall Christian Bale is. So, Yeah. Um, so I could, I could, I could see that. Uh, I went kind of non-traditional with it uh, because again, it's like every every guy of the Bruce Wayne type, like physical type has been just like thought about as like, he should be Batman. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, 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 and I picked a guy who I've definitely used before and I'm sure you, I believe you've used before in this. Uh, that's Michael B. Jordan, I think. Yeah. From- we, we were thinking, honestly, we were thinking, um, Oh man, who oh, was somebody who we were thinking of, I forget who it was. It was, it was an African American actor. And we, we had him up on top of our list, and I can't remember who it is. And, oh, I said Idris Elba, but he's too old. He's too, yeah. Like, yeah, we, we, were thinking, we were actually thinking about him. And then I thought of like somebody like Jamie Foxx, who, again, probably too old now. And Michael B. Jordan really kind of like went through my mind really quick, and I was like, I use him at any chance. So, yeah. but no, no. But I, again, I, it's, I it's super idea. tough to like, again, realistically, if they hadn't cast Pattinson as Batman, he'd be my pick. You know, do you uh, think do you think they would ever go with a black Bond or a black Batman? Do you think that'll actually happen? Because um, I feel like I feel like there's always a thing where people are like, "Wait a minute!" And it's like just because you're used to something doesn't mean it should go with this go in this direction. I think you know? Bond, yes, and I think Batman, no. I think because, yeah, right. Because Bond is Bond has been many things. You know, he's, he's been, the only thing Bond can't be is American or, or like, you know, th- that's it. Right. Um, even though I think. Gotta be American at least, gotta be at least in- English or Irish. Yeah. yeah. English, Irish, Scottish, the, the British Isles, you know? Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's free. Like I, Bond could be a woman and it would, you could, you could still do it. Um, I loved, uh, what's her face? Uh, the one who from Knives Out, who was in the new Bond movie. Yeah. And it Yeah. Oh. Oh, she was excellent in that scene. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, that's the direction they're going in. Maybe she's like the next Bond. Who knows? You know, it's weird um, with No Time to Die. And, you know, I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it. But it's throughout the movie. It's like 
setting up for a bunch of different spinoffs. And yeah, then by the right. end of the movie, you're like, well, absolutely no spinoffs. Like the book is fucking closed <laughs> right. on this, you know, like, yeah. Uh, but it's like, yeah, like Anthony Armas could be in stuff. You know, the other 007 could be in stuff. Um, you know, you could, you could easily do the continuing adventures of, you know, the, the MI6 here, like Moneypenny and, you know, and, and M in that movie could, you know, you could get some movies out of them. But like, by the end of the movie, you're just like, this world is done. I'm, I have no desire to return to it. Let's not cheapen what just happened. Um, right, right. Although I do see, I, I, I bet you they're going to start doing spinoffs of Bond things. Oh, um, Amazon owns it now. Amazon bought the, the studio that owns Bond. Okay. Yeah. So, so okay. Get ready for Bond the, you know, 006, the TV show, which leads Obi-Wan, into Obi- Obi-Wan 007. Yeah, ex- spinoffs with yeah. Star Wars and James Bond are going to be together. I, I see it. Well, no, they, I mean, it's not Disney's, but like the same thing where it's like you see a bunch of different Star Wars TV shows and, you know, it's used to sell the streaming service. No, I'm just saying straight up crossover between Star Wars and James Bond. You know, I, I don't Disney, think I've Disney and Amazon need one. to work together. I think Bond and Obi-Wan Kenobi need to go head to head to finally see who is the best. <laughs> no, here's here's the spinoff, right? James Bond is taken prisoner by stormtroopers and brought to the Death Star and he has to escape. Yeah, I see can that. I see Bond going head to head with Darth Vader. Yep. Can he can he kill Darth Vader? If he the has movie, to? the movies the movies are an awful, awful title like Freddy vs. Jason. It's just called <laughs> Bond vs. <versus> Vader. <laughs> Better versus Big Van Vader versus James Bond. <laughs> Big Van Vader. <laughs> James Bond. It's like, time. <laughs> it's time. Bond's like shit. <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy. B- no, Bond, but Bond, Bond is the twenty-sixth entrant in the next Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, so I I do think that I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the next James Bond was black. Uh, or you know of or not a white guy um whereas batman i think there would be i'm gonna try to say this nicely there and i'm not saying about this about all dc fans but a sizable percentage of dc fans are very and I use this word small C, not big C, but very conservative in how they view the characters. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not saying they're Republicans or right wing or anything like that. That's not what I mean when I say conservative. What I mean is if the canonical Clark Kent, because there's a movie in production with Michael B. Jordan as like an alternate version of Superman, but not Clark Kent, not Kal-El. Um mm-hmm. But I think if you made Bruce Wayne black or if you made, you know, the, the any, any of the characters, you know, I, I think there would be a lot of uproar in the fan base. Right. Uh, and in fact, they they did that. They made the uh, a character from The Flash. They made them black. And guess what? There was a lot of fucking uproar from the fan base. And that was just in the comics, let alone right. you know, the movies. So, I, I comic don't, book fans are entitled. They, yes, there's there's a lot of. Um, I think with comic books, because people 
grow up with these characters monthly or weekly in a lot of times. Uh, never mind like all the te- all the cartoons and the movies and you know the whatever like these characters just around people have a very specific image of who these characters are. Right. You know, there was, I think there was a, a you know, discussion of, I think when they were cast, they ended up casting Andrew Garfield in, in Spider-Man. I think at the time there's discussion of like, Oh, Donald Glover would make, you know, great Spider-Man. And like, if you think about character right. Spider-Man, it's a guy in a suit, he's a full body suit. It really doesn't matter what he looks like. Um, you know, it, it's, but people are like, no, absolutely not. Got to be. And I, I think that's just, it's it's a little bit different. I mean, there are certain franchises like James Bond that I think could do a, a race swap or a gender swap or something like that. It would work. These ones, I don't know. Maybe some, like some of the minor, more minor comic book characters that people don't have a very specific image of in their head, you could do it. Right. Yeah. But I, you know, and, and, I'm sure Marvel. Ha- I can't think of anything off my head, but I'm sure the MCU has done that. At, you know, at least for for some characters. But Batman is one that I think, especially because it it would be very notable in society if there was a black billionaire, and it would. I, I it's Batman is a very new character. So short answer is I don't think they'll ever do it. Right. Right. But you know what? We don't have to worry about comic book fans getting on us. Maybe they will. But, uh, you know, Michael B. Jordan is my Bruce Wayne. There you go. So um, do you have anything for miscellaneous? Uh, not too much. Just that I know that uh, Killian Murphy auditioned for Batman. and They liked him so much that they gave him Crane. Yeah. So here's let's spin off that because uh, I do have the list of people who auditioned for the role of Batman. Um. So Killian Murphy's there. Henry Cavill is there. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, a guy we, we talk about all the time. Uh, again, he is just, he's a chameleon. I could see him doing it. Yep. Be, it'd be very awkward in the sequel when he had to like romance his sister, but you know. <laughs> um, here's one. Here's the, so there's, there's four more. Um, Joshua Jackson. Absolutely not. He man, he was really trying to bounce back in his career. Yeah, and he's 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 actually not a, he's not a bad actor. Like I, no, I do not. enjoy him. Um, Dawson's Creek, man, Mighty Ducks. Yeah, but he's he's not Bruce Wayne uh, whatsoever. <laughs> no, he he's he's not Bruce Wayne. <laughs> um, a character, an actor named uh, I believe it's Ion E I O N Ion Bailey, who does okay. definitely have the look to do it, and he's a He's a pretty good actor. If you if you look if you look him up, he's in Fight Club. Um, he's he's been in a bunch of stuff, but he's okay. he's he's, a, he's like a character actor. I don't think he has like leading man charisma. Um, Hugh Dancy. Oh wow! Okay, he was from the uh, the Hannibal show. Yes. So he uh, he read for it at least. He he auditioned, and one that I think actually would have worked, but it would have been very different very different um a guy maybe who wouldn't have been as straightforward as christian bale but a guy who definitely would have found the weirdness of the batman character and that is uh billy crudup 
Billy Crudup actually came up a couple of times for us for several different roles. One of them was actually Gordon, um, but I ended I up going that, yeah. with my, yeah, I ended up going with that. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that's interesting that he, I didn't, I didn't realize he auditioned for Batman. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is the IMDb uh, trivia, so who knows, but I think in 2005, it, it could have worked. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I think the, the only movie I remember him around that time, I think actually was 05. I think he was in Big Fish around that yeah. time. Yeah. Um, so what are we, uh, what are we eating with this movie, Derek? I mean, I'm thinking just straight up cooked bat. Cooked bat. Yeah, I've never I, had it, and I and I'm thinking about it. It's, it sounds like it might be chewy, but I'm in. Um, I'm adventurous. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't eat bat, considering that they are uh, vectors for diseases, and I don't want to start another pandemic. It's true. Uh, it's true. You know, so I'm, I'm going to skip the bat. But uh, I I don't know like fancy some some maybe looks like yeah. sort of a fancy food that would you know at Wayne Manor I don't know what he eats we don't see Batman eat except for that he gets served that gross stuff at the prison well he also he has like, a smoothie we have, we have like a smoothie like a, a recuperative smoothie <laughs> he's like can't they kill me before breakfast <laughs> <laughs> ha ha Bruce ha ha good stuff but yeah i mean maybe maybe we're just drinking some like protein smoothies to get to get uh, in shape yeah you know? yeah i think i think I, we mean, are. I think that's what we're doing whatever he's drinking looks disgusting but it's probably good for you i'm sure i'm sure it's, it's pretty green. fucking green it looks like nature green <laughs> like but you know <laughs> kale and shit so let's uh let's go to the oscars um kind of a an interesting year for the Oscars. Uh, took place in 2006 uh, for movies that were released in 2005. I do want to say we've covered this year once before. Let me look. I feel like we may have. We must what have. What movie did we done in 2005? So I'll be edited out, but I'm curious because I know I know we've done this year. Maybe not. Wow, that's that's a, that's like took us what like eighty episodes to do a movie in two thousand five. That's crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. So we we haven't covered this year before, which is uh, pretty surprising. Uh, but let's uh, let's talk about kind of a an infamous year for the Oscars um, because the let's go over best picture here uh, is won by Crash. Which is uh, hailed. I know we have differing opinions on that movie. Yeah, I think it's kind of widely hailed as like the worst Oscar winner. 
especially. I, really? I, uh, I got to yes. look into that. What's that? I never knew that. I never knew it was, it was not liked because I, I, I enjoyed it, but I mean, I guess we'll have to do that one at some point. Well, especially because I think if you look at what it was nominated against, um, it's nominated against uh, Brokeback Mountain. Um, it's uh, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, and Munich, which I think up until very recently has been Spielberg's best of the last, you know, maybe this century. Um, really? Future guest, Steven Spielberg, Steven, Steve, Stevie. You think you think Munich was better than all the movies you put out in the cent- this century? Maybe maybe Lincoln. Maybe Lincoln has a topped. Lincoln's was... not. Oh, oh, you're saying Spielberg? Spielberg, yeah. Oh, I'm thinking Scorsese. I'm like, wait no, a no, minute, no, Spielberg, Munich? Yeah. Gotcha. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I I think I think Brokeback Mountain probably should have won this year, mm-hmm. and and didn't right. for maybe you know political reasons. Um, and not Oscar politics, but like world politics reasons, you know. Um, yep. But I would, I would, to me, I would, I would knock out Crash and replace it with Batman Begins. Yep. Okay. Uh, best director. I, I, oh, go ahead. No, that's all right. We'll move forward. I, I, okay. yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if I agree, but I guess once we do the episode on Crash, we'll we'll figure that out. <laughs> uh. Best director is won by Ang Lee for Brokeback Mountain. Uh, I got Bennett Miller for Capote, Paul Haggis for Crash, George Clooney for Good Night and Good Luck, and Steven Spielberg. Steven, again, come on the show. Stevie, what are Stevie you doing? Spiels. What are you? What are you doing, Spiels? Come on, what are you waiting. What are you waiting for? Call us. Have your people come I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you drop tons of bugs on me, like in Temple of Doom, to come on the show. Actually, I won't. Never mind. What, yeah, what if he calls you out on that? It's like, yeah, Derek, uh, thanks for having me on the show. I'm like, who even invited you? <laughs> You've invited me on the show 45 times. I'm only going to do it if I can drop bugs on Derek. That reminded me of the Seinfeld episode where Jerry isn't sure that uh, Tim Watley invited him to his party. And Jerry, he's trying to find out. And then a- after a while, finally, he just like, who invited you anyway, Jerry? <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so he's nominated for Munich. So um, yeah, I mean, I think I am. I am. Uh, I, I, I think Nolan should be in there. I do. Uh, yeah, I agree. Definitely. So yeah, I, I would. <sighs> I think probably you know it's it's interesting because I think Good Night and Good Luck is a movie that's very restrained. So there's not a ton of directing going on, but what's there is very good. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I don't know. I I I mean it's tough. Yeah, it is tough, but I think I think it needs to be in there. We'll revisit this year, I'm sure, uh, in another 80 episodes. Um, yeah. Best actor is won by a Ricks guy, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in Capote as Truman Capote. 
other nominees, uh, David, David Strathairn in Good Night and Good Luck, Joaquin Phoenix in Walk the Line, Heath Ledger in Brokeback Mountain, and Terrence Howard in Hustle and Flow. Very interesting year. I mean, he had a good year. A Terrence Howard was in Crash, too. What's that? I said Terrence Howard was in Crash that year, too. Yeah, big uh, big year for him. I, I don't think you can say Crash really has a lead actor, though. Um, right. So... I think I'm okay with Christian Bale not being in this. Um, yeah, I'm fine with that too. I mean, I, I, I really enjoy his Batman, but that's fine. I think uh, as far as who is nominated, Hoffman, Ledger, Phoenix, uh, can't really can't really go wrong uh, with any of yep. them. Uh, nobody really qualifies for, for best actress here. Uh, best supporting actor uh, is won by George Clooney in Syriana. Uh, other nominees are Matt Dillon in Crash, Paul Giamatti in Cinderella Man, Jake Gyllenhaal in Brokeback Mountain, and uh, rest in peace very recently, William Hurt in History of Violence. Um, so, I mean, is there anyone we consider best supporting actor? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I like Liam Neeson. I like Killian Murphy. I like Gary Oldman. But are they all have any of them really best supporting actor caliber? I don't know. I'm not really sure. It depends on how strong the year is, too. And I think, yeah, um, it's tough. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think there's anyone who really rises to the uh, to the level. Um, supporting actress. I mean, Katie Holmes now. Mm-hmm pass on katie holmes here's 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 an interesting thing and we'll talk to this talk about this more in our our dark knight episode maggie gyllenhaal better actress than katie holmes but katie holmes way better chemistry with christian bale yeah i could see that so that's uh that's the oscars um now we come to the most important part of the show and that is when we put 30 seconds on the clock and derek you tell us why Batman Begins is the greatest movie of all time. Are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one, go. Batman Begins, 2005, Christopher Nolan. This is the greatest movie of all time because it's one of the greatest uh, beginnings of a hero and, and what they go through to get to that point. I think the story is excellent. I love the the chemistry with all the acting. I like the casting. I like the storyline. I like the effects, the grittiness, um, all the extra sprinkles. This is a complete Sunday. And that makes it a Sunday at 30 seconds. Now it's a Sunday. Makes it a Sunday. Uh, now it's a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's uh so that's uh so thanks so much for that. Is this the, is this the greatest movie of all time? We'll let uh, you guys decide. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on our Batman Begins episode. Let's talk about what we have coming up for the next few weeks here. Uh, Superhero Month continues next week, where we uh, go back to the start of the MCU. Welcome guest Michelle Forziati back to talk Iron Man. That's right. That's coming up. Absolutely. And then week after that, we're going back to 1978. The first modern superhero movie, I would say, that kicked this all off. Uh, and that is Superman. Never saw it. Directed by Richard Donner. I'm looking forward to talking about it. 
it's definitely a product of its time, but it uh, has some amazing stuff in there for 78. Cool. Uh, then to round out Superhero Month, dipping back into the MCU, Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. So it's very exciting. And then in May, we get sequel month coming up. You know, we've alluded to one that's going to be in there, but what else? What else will be there? Cannot wait to share that with you. And uh, and can't wait to talk about all these movies. Yeah, so, definitely. Derek, uh, what do you have coming up on the greatest album of all time podcast? Uh, we, we talked about it last time. It's, it's a, it's a um, every two weeks now we're doing the show. So I did mention we're going to be doing a Foo Fighters album uh, this upcoming weekend. So that'll be the next one. Uh, and we haven't really decided, uh, about after that, but I, I, I think it's time that we do a Stevie wonder album. I'm a big fan and I'd like to do one of his, and then who knows in the future, what's going to happen. I, I think that Rick and I were talking in the past about maybe coming over here and us doing like a, uh, one together as well. So we're going to get that cooking this at some point. Definitely. Um, so yeah. So thanks again so much for listening here. Uh, I have been as always, and I do want to give a, a sincere thanks to our old friend, Bruce Wayne, who we talk about at the beginning of every, uh, yeah, every show. Great showing in this movie. Love you, Bruce. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, as always, for your support. Unwavering support. Uh, and Bruce, and, and you know, to all the Bruce's out there, Bruce Springsteen, thank you. Thank you for being the boss. Yep. Bruce Willis, we're thinking about you. We're sorry for all the jokes we made. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah. And, uh, and Bruce Howell's band, the old Spanish teacher. Sure. And Bruce and Family around? Guy. Great utility character. Yeah. Uh, is there any more Bruce's? Bruce Armstrong Bruce used to play for the Patriots. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Don't dead name Caitlyn Jenner. That's not nice. Uh, Isaac Bruce, former uh, former uh, wide receiver for the uh, for the Rams. Yeah. Lenny Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce. Lenny. Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Any more Bruce's that we want to thank? Uh, did we say Bruce Banner? Bruce Banner. Great. Great Bruce. Yeah. Just drinking that green Hawaiian punch, you know? That's what that love, is. Love a green Hawaiian punch. Anyway, thanks to all the Bruce's. Great Bruce's out there. Yep. Um, Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern. Bruce Pritchard. Uh, and of course of course now I got nothing (laughs) my cousin Bruce shout out Rick's cousin Uh, Bruce (laughs) all All the Bruce's uh, thank you to all the Bruce's and to all the everyone of every name out there that uh, listens to the show hope you join us next week I, of course, have been your favorite co-host, Rick Barrasso. And I have been, of course, your least favorite co-host, the Big Bat Boski. The Big Bruce Boski. Keep watching, everyone. <laughs>